Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, the ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Good afternoon. It truly warms my heart to be here this day, to be back in the city of Memphis, uh, to be at Calvary Episcopal Church, to be asked uh, again to uh, be a part of this great Lenten preaching series. It also warms my heart to be very close to St. Peter's, um, which I, wonderful, five wonderful years of my life um, were spent there. So I have um, several priest friends that I travel with every summer. Uh, We met in the seminary years ago, and I mean years ago, even long before my uh, Dominican days. I still wear my Dominican cross, you may have noticed. And we became such close friends that after ordination, uh, we decided that we would start vacationing together. Uh, This past year was our 27th year in a row to vacation together. 27 years in a row. That's amazing. Um, We now see each other also between Christmas and New Year's. All of our parents have passed, so uh, we call it our orphan Christmas. And so we gather in um, the summer, and then we gather at Christmas. We get to see each other twice a year. And you can only imagine when a bunch of priests get together that there are a lot of interesting things that are talked about. We agree on most things, but we don't agree on everything. We talk about sports. All of us are big sports fans. We talk about theology and spirituality. We talk about politics. We try to solve all the problems of the world. Um, And this past um, summer, we were having our um, annual happy hour that day. That may have been our second or third happy hour of that day uh, because we were on vacation. Uh, But someone brought up, it was my friend Kent, who is a priest in Florida, and he said, Hey, have any of you heard of this book, A Man Called Peter? And we didn't really pay much attention to him. And um, someone said, no, ne- never heard of it. Uh, you can imagine if you're, if you're posing this question to a group of priests, a book called A Man Called Peter. Hmm, you might be thinking of the one that holds the keys to the kingdom. Um, and we all said, no, we'd never heard of that book. And he said, well, it's also a movie. I'm like, okay. Uh, when, when did the movie come out? He goes, well, 1955. I thought, well, we, that's maybe one reason why we don't know it. He goes, well, it was up for an Academy Award. And uh, someone said, well, best picture? And he goes, no, best cinematography. <laughs> okay. Now, another reason why we might not know it. Well, someone had given him the book, and he told us a little bit about it. And then I did a little bit of research because it intrigued me. And it is about the man Peter Marshall. Does anyone know that name, Peter Marshall? Look, all right, a couple. Of, I figured a couple of you might. So Peter Marshall was kind of the precursor to Billy Graham. He was a known as a great preacher, born in 1901 in Scotland. Was a member of the Church of Scotland, which is the Presbyterian Church. You know, the Presbyterians are the original Frozen Chosen. Um, I can say that with great respect because I was raised in the Presbyterian Church and treasure my upbringing. But in 1901, he was born, very faithful family, and he 
um, always thought that he should be doing more with his life, but really had not made any decisions to do that. And then one night on a foggy Scottish evening, he was walking home and decided to walk, do a shortcut and go through the moors of Scotland to avoid being in the city and around people. And he thought to himself, I need to be careful because there is a rock quarry very close by. But he thought he knew the area well enough that he wasn't going to have any issues. So the trek home started. He was on his way. It was misty and, and foggy. And all of a sudden, and he can't really see because it's dark. And in the middle of his walk, he hears a voice. Peter. Peter. Well, he stopped, froze dead in his tracks. And he said out loud, who is that? I don't see anyone. No one answered. Frightened him, obviously, but he kept walking. Went a little bit further, and all of a sudden he hears it again. Peter! Peter! Well, he froze. He didn't know who in the world was calling him. He can't see anything, can't see anyone. And as he's standing there, he realizes the ground underneath his feet seems a little shifty, and he gets down on the ground and he feels the rock quarry was right in front of him. If he would have taken another step, he would have fallen into the quarry very deep, maybe not, not have died instantly, but no one would have ever known he was down, that he would have died eventually. And no one would, would have known where he was until maybe daylight and someone was in the work quarry and they would have found him. And he believed because of that particular experience that God was calling him to something different. He believed that God, that was the Spirit's voice calling him, telling him to stop because I've got, I have plans for you. You need to be doing something more with your life. So what happened to Peter? Peter came to this country and went to Columbia Seminary, became a Presbyterian minister, had two small churches in the South before at the age of 36, he was made pastor of New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., the largest Presbyterian church in our nation's capital. Ten years later, he was made chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And two years after that, he died unexpectedly at the age of 42 of, an, of a heart attack had that career all because he believed that God was calling him. My friends, we are all called. Everyone sitting in this church is called. Now, if, you're, if your calling was as dramatic as Peter Marshall, I would love to have a chat with you at lunch because that would absolutely fascinate me. Uh, and most of you probably recognize that you've been called vocationally to something. Many of you have been called to be a lawyer or a doctor. Some of you have been called to be a teacher or a mom that works in the home. Some of you have been called to be a nurse or a firefighter or an accountant, whatever. Whatever you've been called to do, your vocational calling, we all have one, but I don't want us to focus on or center on that type of calling. I would like us to focus on our own spiritual calling. For we all have been called 
spiritually to do more probably than what we're doing right now. The problem is we don't do a very good job of listening to the call that comes to us, and we certainly don't do a good job of acting on that call. There are stories in Scripture throughout salvation history, story after story after story, in Hebrew Scripture and in in Christian Scripture, about someone being called. I think I didn't choose this particular uh, verse for today or this Scripture, but I could have very easily and that's the call of Samuel. Everybody knows that. Samuel is, is here's his name being called at night, and he runs to Eli, who's his, um, his mentor, and said, did you call me? And he goes, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he goes back to bed, and he hears his name again, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs to Eli. Did you, you called me again. No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed, and it happens a third time. Samuel, Samuel. And he runs to Eli. And you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then Eli realizes, this is God calling Samuel. He said, if you hear this question again, if you hear your name again, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The call doesn't stop when we get to the New Testament. Over and over again, examples of Jesus saying to someone, his followers, Two words, follow me. So we hear in the scripture that I chose today, in fact, speaking of Peter, the one I thought the book was about, he says to Peter, the fisherman, follow me, and Peter does it. Example after example after example of Jesus simply saying, follow me. He didn't lay out a plan. He didn't have a strategic plan of what was going to happen and how the kingdom was going to be brought about. He simply said, follow me. They had not witnessed any miracles yet. None. Zero. Jesus just said, follow me, and they went. It sounds so easy, but it's not. Recently, I read, I wish I could remember the man's name. That's the problem when you don't write things down when you're preaching. Um, Phil Phil Barna, I think is his name, but he is a sociologist and a theologian and he did a study about people sharing their faith and he made the, came to the conclusion that nine out of ten Christians are uncomfortable sharing because they feel like they're a failure when they do it and I read that and I thought wow that was a study about Episcopalians <laughs> or maybe Roman Catholics no, because we, neither one of us do a very good job at it but then again either to the Presbyterians and either to the Methodists and either to the Lutherans I think there's a pattern here. None of us do a very good job of sharing our faith, so so of course we don't answer the call very often because we don't feel comfortable in doing that. My friends, it's not about words. It's about the passion within us. You know the famous phrase by St. Francis, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, You know it. You shouldn't have to say anything. Nothing. But the sheer fact how we live our life should be the example for others. It should tell people what we are all about. So what better time do we have than the season of Lent 
to answer a call. The season of Lent, the, the season that the church gives us to do everything we need to do to make the right changes in our lives so we can go another direction. The Greek word, metanoia, it is a spiritual conversion. It is a change. If I'm going one direction and I don't like the direction I'm going, I stop, I turn around, and I go the other direction. Plain and simple. It's to make change in our lives. And so often we take this season of Lent and we maybe we don't really take it seriously. I mean, if I say to you, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent, I would want you to say to me, oh, well, that's, that's great. That's really great. But what's that going to do for you? Now, maybe, maybe I do need to give up chocolate. Actually, I do. I think I'm addicted to sugar. But the things that we give up, does it, re does it really make have an impact on what we do as Christians? So, years ago, and I know some of you are going to know this list when I share it, because I share it every Lent, and I did not invent this list. I'm going to get, we, we steal as preachers all the time, don't we? Don't we? Ste we steal all the time. It's, you know, it is what it is. We hear a good story. It's like, oh, I like that story. I'm going to take it. And I got this list from somebody years ago, and it is all about giving up something in your life, which is what we end up doing in Lent. But it's, but it's trying to move us to do something in the opposite direction. And the words that are used, fast and feast, are very Lenten words. We're fasting from something, but we're going to feast on something else. And this list, which I have kind of tweaked over the years, gives us, tries, it's something that's, that is parallel. Let me, let me get the list, because I certainly can't remember it. And some of you are going to remember this, because I used to share this. I still do share it. So if God is going to call us to fast from darkness, then God will call us to feast on light. If God calls us to fast from being prejudiced, then God will call us to feast on acceptance. If God calls us to fast from being dishonest, God's going to call us to feast on truth or fast from holding a grudge and feast on forgiveness. Fast from gossip and feast on building others up. Fast from violence and feast on peace. Fast from making excuses and feast on being responsible. Fast from being discouraged and feast on hope. Fast from always saying no. That's not you. And feast on volunteering. Fast from being lazy and feast on being a self-starter. Fast from exclusivity and feast on inclusivity. Fast from criticism and feast on kindness. Fast from being negative and feast on being positive. Fast from fear and feast on faith. And last, fast from hate and feast on love. God is calling every single one of us to kindness, 
and respect and forgiveness and faith and love, specifically unconditional love. My grandmother um, was raised one of the frozen chosen, Presbyterian, and then her little church in Blair, Oklahoma, was so small that she started going to the Methodist church and became a good Methodist. The Methodists are the spiritual cousins of the Episcopalians. And they can sing, ooh, can they sing. Methodists can sing hymns like nobody's business. And I used to, we would go visit my grandmother often. She had a, a phenomenal, beautiful voice. And I would just, I would watch her sing. I was this tall. And I just, just watch her. It was, it was amazing. And her favorite hymn was my mother's favorite hymn. And my mother's favorite hymn became my favorite hymn. And it is a song, <clears throat> excuse me, a hymn about being called. There are a lot of songs written about being called. This one is about calling us to come home. You know the song, softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling calling for you and for me, seeing the portals, he's waiting and watching, waiting for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, and aren't we all weary? Come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. I'm going to sing a verse, then you're going to sing it with me. If my allergies allow this to happen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See in the portals, he's waiting and watching, waiting for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Everybody. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See in the portals, he's waiting and watching. Waiting for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. My friends, Jesus is calling every single one of you. When your world is weary, when life isn't going the way that you want it to go, you need change in your life, you know God is calling you to love and to forgive and to be kind and to be respectful and to share your life. Over and over and over, we are called, just like Peter was, just like Samuel was. But we got to listen. We have to open our ears and our hearts 
to listen. So as your Lenten journey unfolds in front of you, may God open your heart. May God open your mind. May God open your ears so that you hear the call. So that you listen and hear it. And then you go into the world and you share the things you're being called to do. And you know what will happen? The kingdom of God will finally be brought forth. Finally. So may God give you the grace, the courage, and the faith to listen to the call and to heed the call. God bless you. Amen. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.